Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on August 21st, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There, you will find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries at St. Mark's, you will find options for how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Jan Rood with the Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 13th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid hands on her, immediately she stood up and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day. When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that Jesus was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the Gospel reading that we heard last Sunday, Jesus said that he came to bring division within the human family. Those words seemed so out of place. But in today's reading, we see a clear example, I think, of what Jesus meant. At the beginning of the story, diverse people are in the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and there doesn't appear to be division among them. But then Jesus sees the suffering of a woman in the crowd, and he decides to act immediately. Calling her over, he touches her and frees her from her ailment. It all sounds good, and it is good. But then we see how this act of mercy becomes the source of division. In the eyes of the synagogue leader, Jesus' action disrupted the orderly observance of the Sabbath. And I think it also threatened to undermine for him his own sense of power and authority in that sacred place. Luke reports that the leader was indignant and that he chastised not only Jesus, but every person in the synagogue that day who might have experienced a spark of hope when they witnessed the healing power of God. So it is true in this case that Jesus brought division. He could have left things alone. He could have turned his eyes away from this woman who had been ignored for 18 years and said, she's waited this long, what's one more day? But the fire of love that was burning in Jesus led him to respond immediately. In his effort to preserve order, the synagogue leader 
may have been leaning on his own interpretation of the Sabbath law in Genesis, which focuses on holy rest, and perhaps less on the law in Deuteronomy, which connects the observance of the Sabbath to the truth that God sees people who are suffering and that God promises to reach out to set them free as God has done in the past. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, the Deuteronomy Sabbath law states, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Whenever I hear that, the first thing that stands out for me is the fact that God actually saw the Israelites within this vast sea of humanity. And then when God saw them, God was not content to let them languish. God could have said, what's one more year or one more decade or one more generation after all of these countless years of suffering? But instead, God said, now is the time to act. Just like Jesus did when he saw the suffering of the woman in the crowd. For many readers and hearers of this gospel story, the first thing that stands out for them too is the fact that Jesus sees this bent over woman among all of the people who gathered that day. She didn't cry out for help or call attention to herself or do anything else that would have made herself visible, but Jesus saw her. I remember hearing this gospel story some years ago with a person who was suffering from anxiety and depression. The most moving part of the story for me, he said, is the point where Jesus actually sees that woman in the great crowd. For him, it had become a source of great comfort and assurance because it reminded him that he too was seen and loved. Perhaps many of you would say the same thing. In our world today, there are circumstances of every kind that make people feel isolated and alone. I remember the testimony of one of our members who was confined to a wheelchair for the first time in her life. No one wants to look at me in the eye, she said, after the first few days of being out in public places. Luke doesn't go into detail about the infirmity that crippled the woman who entered the synagogue when Jesus was teaching. And that actually allows us to imagine all of the diverse experiences of suffering that leave people bent over like her. For many, it may be the physical ailments that attack our bodies, or even the slow process of aging that literally changes our posture and our ability to stand up as we did when we were young. Luke leaves the door open to that kind of diagnosis for the woman in the story, but he adds a word to the narrative which leads us to think about it also in a much broader way. He says that this woman had a spirit which crippled her for 18 years. You and I know that there are spirits of all kinds that make it impossible for people to stand up straight. Often, there are forces within us that impair our ability to see ourselves for who we are as God's beloved children. Insecurity, fear, self-doubt, shame, guilt, 
vulnerabilities of so many kinds can leave us with our eyes to the ground, fixed on what we think is wrong within us. Harsh circumstances in life can also leave us bent over and unable to stand up straight. Experiences of loss, failure to attain goals, exhaustion, painful memories, and a whole host of other things can break us down and, and leave us incapable of relating to ourselves and to others in healthy ways. And sadly, there are all of the ways in which individuals and communities do this to one another. Every person who has been unjustly treated or even ignored because of their race or gender identity or sexual orientation or social economic class or immigration status or education or abilities knows exactly what kind of harm that this can do. And if you yourself have experienced any of these forms of suffering or injustice, be assured today that you are seen and loved and that God's healing power is at work in the world. And if you identify, as I often do, with the leader of the synagogue in this story, know that God also has the power to heal your heart, to cure your inability to see what God sees. As it turns out, that leader also was bent over in a sense, not able to see what other people were experiencing. And with this disability, he was not able to see what it was like to come to a place of worship as so many people do today, wondering if they can physically get where they need to go. He couldn't see what it was like to sit in a place of worship or another fellowship place without the ability to hear what people are saying or to read words on a page or to remember the names of even friends. This leader couldn't see what it was like to be told that he was inferior or less worthy than others of God's love. He couldn't see what it was like for people to be told that they didn't belong or how people could be treated like outcasts. And in truth, when any of us fail to see these things as God sees them, then we also fail to respond with the love and the compassion of God that is so healing for all of us. It's just good that Jesus was there that day to see what the leader of the synagogue could not see. And it wasn't just the woman's disability. What Jesus saw, says Luke, is a disabled woman who was also a daughter of Abraham. He saw a beloved child of God hidden in the crowd because of her ailment. And he felt an immediate connection to her. When I hear that, I think this is what I want for me, for all of us. I want us all to be not like that out-of-touch leader, and much more like the God we meet in Jesus and in this woman who rises in freedom to claim her identity. Because together, they represent the best of who we are as communities of faith today and as an interconnected human family. In her reflections on this story, Debbie Thomas says, Jesus doesn't stop at freeing the woman. 
he restores her to community, to her community. And at the same time, he calls on that community, she says, to repent of its hypocrisy and narrow-mindedness and embrace her as its own, not as an object of pity or scorn, but as a daughter, as an heir, as a human being worthy of both love and dignity. What would it be like, she goes on to ask, if the church were known for this, for restoring stature, dignity, community, and honor to people crippled in all of the terrible ways that the world cripples them? When I hear that, I think about those stirring words of Isaiah in our first reading today. They bear a beautiful promise of what is possible for all of us as God's beloved. When you turn away from everything that breaks people down and give your whole selves to my work of raising people up, God says, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom shall be like the noonday. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. Trusting in God's healing power, I hold on to that hope of a restored world for all of us. And I give thanks for the light of God that shines in every one of you as we learn to see together who we all truly are as a beloved community in Christ. To God be the glory. Amen.